Hi, I'm Howard Tierski. Welcome to the Winning Digital Customers podcast, where we focus on the stories of large-scale digital transformations told by the people who lead them. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Winning Digital Customers podcast. We're already having a good time here. We started the party actually before you guys got here, so next time be on time. Well, I have a fantastic guest with me today, Adele Gutman. Adele was the Vice President of Sales, Marketing, and Revenue at the Library Collection Hotels, which is one of the hotel brands, you may or may not have heard of them, but they have probably the most stellar track record in terms of customer experience. They have have had the number one hotel in terms of customer satisfaction on TripAdvisor. They are ranked the number one luxury hotel brand in the world in terms of customer satisfaction. And at one point in time, they had like four of the top five hotels in New York City in terms of their rankings on TripAdvisor in terms of customer satisfaction or in terms of overall customer rating. So this is a brand that Adele has been very successful at positioning in the world, not only to deliver a great customer experience, but to get rated as having a great customer experience, which of course are two interconnected things, but maybe not exclusively overlapping the same things because you have to be able to do both. So Really enthusiastic to get into the discussion with Adele. Adele, welcome. And anything else you want to add by way of introduction for our audience? No, that was wonderful. It was it was a lot of fun getting to that point. It took years of work, but we, you know, developed a system that just kept getting better and better along the way. And I just felt like it was so magical that I had to share it with everybody. That's wonderful. You know, I talk about this a lot that today customers are so cynical. They generally don't believe what a brand says about themselves. If you tell your customer in your brochure or your website, we are the most opulent, best experience hotel. You will, you will be the friendliest and most attentive service. You know, I think most customers, and I, and I know this because not, I sit in a lot of customer research and I see how customers respond. And inevitably they just roll their eyes and they say, yeah, yeah. everyone's gonna say about themselves that they're fantastic which means in my experience today, customers really only draw conclusions mainly two ways. One, their own experience, which is great once you have a customer, but of course doesn't help you if the customer hasn't yet tried your brand. And then secondly, through some form of ratings and reviews that they believe are authentic and credible, not marketing BS, no offense. So to me, I think what you're talking about here just seems really, really, really critical. Maybe I'd like to ask you about this first, and I alluded to this in the intro. It seems to me, but I, I feel free to argue with me here if you, if you see it differently, that we've got kind of two overlapping circles. One is delivering a great experience, which would seem to me is an important part of getting great reviews online. And the other is somehow actually getting those reviews. And I'm going to suggest, and I want you to tell me if you agree with this and then talk about if you agree with this model or if not what you think it is. I'm going to suggest that I'm guessing that there are some brands in any category that don't get the reviews that they maybe deserve. And maybe there are even some brands that get better reviews than they deserve. In other words, that those two things, it's hard to get awesome reviews if you suck. <laughs> but on the other hand, that those two things don't always go lockstep. So what do you think about that? I mean, do you think the reviews are just a reflection of the brand or is there some expertise that's needed? I love this question, Howard. And it is something that I struggle with all the time because I so frequently hear people talking about how do I get great reviews? And they'll come to me as the authority on the topic and say, you know, so how do we get more people to write great reviews? And I say, by being awesome for them. 
because I don't believe it's so, it, it, it's so much about the way you ask. It's actually the way you ask is a small footnote. At the very end of this day, you might send a post-day email that says, thank you so much for staying with us. If there's anything that we could have done to have made your stay a little bit better, please feel free to respond to me in this email and let me know how we can serve you better. We're always happy to learn. If you want to help us with some marketing to help spread the word about our little company, it would just mean the world to us if you gave a review here on TripAdvisor or on Google, if you feel that that's appropriate. So uh, that is the simplest, smallest little thing at the end. But the way we get great reviews is to sparkle sunshine on the guest at every single touch point on the way, long before they ever arrive at the hotel, when they visit the website, when they look at the booking engine. We're being helpful, friendly, expressive. All the information you need is easily organized. We're being painfully fearlessly authentic in our description of what the experience is going to be like so that there are no surprises, unhappy surprises when you come to the hotel. Good surprises is fine. But that's how you inspire great reviews because you know, I think we've once talked about before, four-star reviews are just fine. They're not people who are passionately expressive about what a great product you have. So if you're a hotel, that say, you know, it's fine. It does the job. There's, I can't really complain about it. It was okay. I got what I expected. Then that person may not write a review for you. An excited, enthusiastic person is going to feel so compelled to share their story. And an angry person is going to feel compelled to share their story. But a good product is not enough. So instead of worrying how a four out of five kind of experience can get those reviews online, don't bother because that's just a neutral review. Focus on turning regular, fine, fair enough travelers into people who love your team because it's really the team that they fall in love with the most. That's most of the wonderful comments will come from how they feel about how they were treated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and let me ask you this, because I know a lot of brands that are always trying to figure out, you know, how to improve NPS, how to improve the customer experience. And inevitably, there's a lot of options, right? We could offer free coffee. We could carpet the hallways. We could give them coupons for something. We could provide a higher staff to customer ratio so we could be more attentive. Rarely is there a problem coming up with ideas about how to improve. And I certainly am not of the opinion that every dollar spent improving the customer's experience has the same degree of impact. So I would imagine that part of what you must have been challenged with at your, at, there at the library collection is to figure out, okay, we, we can't do probably everything uh, that you could have on the idealist. How do you figure out which are the things that will give the greatest, most wonderful thing versus other things that you might've been, you could have invested in and done, but that might not have necessarily impacted your customers to the same degree. Sparkling sunshine on your guests costs absolutely nothing. And what you need, of course, is to get your team excited about being the kind of hotel that inspires five-star reviews. 
And so the way it happened at the company I was with, one of our hotels was, uh, you know, one day surfaced around uh, the top in the first page of TripAdvisor, while others were, you know, in the top 20%, let's say. So we weren't doing bad. We were all doing good. But I said, how can it be that one hotel is here and one hotel is here? Don't we offer the same wonderful experience everywhere? And I went to that general manager and congratulated her. And she said to me, you know, I highly recommend being on the front page of TripAdvisor because the phones ring off the hook and I don't have to discount any rates because people just want to be at one of the top hotels. And that was such an aha moment for us. So I called all the team together, all of the stakeholders, general managers, the reservations, front desk managers, directors of sales and marketing. And I said, you know what? You guys are the nicest people in the whole world. I know every single one of you wants to deliver five-star service every single day, make every guest feel so special. So why don't we just exchange ideas about what is that little thing we do that just lights people up? That little thing we say, that whenever we say it a certain way, you can see the eyes of the guest just light up. Go back to your teams and ask them to tell you all their little secrets. And let's comp- I'm going to compile them all together and we're going to share them as our best practices. And all those little stories about the little things that our team did to make people happy. Well, first of all, they felt very happy about the fact that they were being consulted as experts in guest happiness because they are. Why wouldn't they? Very often in in many companies, you're easy to give out to people when something goes wrong, but forget to respect them for the things that they do so well that maybe you didn't even notice because it was just going well. So That was exciting. And we asked each of the hotel's managers to share with their team, think about what kind of reviews you want to get. Like really imagine in detail what you want those guests to say when we leave. And now that you know exactly what we're looking for, how can we be the hotel that inspires those kind of comments. And that's exciting for the team. It's exciting for them to collaborate, to be asked to help look for problems and be kind of junior general managers or junior, uh, you know, hotel owners. Pretend you own the hotel. See with your eyes, see with your ears what is going on around you and give us some clues and let's chat about a guest kind of smirked a little bit or got a little uncomfortable When something happened at the front desk, you took care of it. But now that you've taken care of it, let's go back and see how we can prevent it in the first place. Well, that's great. Well, you said a couple of things there that I want to underline, I think are really profound. First of all, this idea of envisioning or even writing what you want the reviews to be in advance. I think that is a very powerful visualization exercise. And it reminds me of an exercise that a lot of product teams will do, which is the old press release exercise. You know, if you're trying to create some kind of new product or app, one exercise is, okay, well, what's the press release? What should the press release say? And in fact, one thing that we like to do at at my company when we do workshops is the press release is one thing, but then what does that Wall Street Journal article a year and a half later say, celebrating the fact that your product or your initiative or whatever else was an unbelievable success? And we ask people to actually write that review. What does it say? Why was it so successful? What was it that you did differently? And I think that's great because number one, it gets people to be concrete. 
about these things. And then secondly, it, it gets you past whether you can do it. It says, no, you are getting five-star reviews. Now, what do they say? What do you want them to say? And once people are visioning, envisioning that, you've kind of gotten past their doubt about whether they can have, it's not a question of whether, it's a question of what do you want them to say? And once you start to live inside that vision, it's natural that your brain starts to figure out how to get there. So I think that's really a profound idea that I think everyone should do that. Write the five-star reviews in advance. Don't post them because <laughs> that would be fraud. <laughs> Every team, uh, no matter what hotel, even the ones that are getting 2.5 or 3.0 or something like that out of five scores on the average, have some five-star reviews. So sometimes the, a great way to start when you have a problem like that, when people don't identify themselves as the kind of employees uh, or the kind of hotel that deserves five-star reviews, you have to go and dig through those reviews and find, as rare as they may be, the five-star reviews they do have and just say, look at this, you did this. So it's true that you can get five-star reviews. You did it before, you can do it again. We just want it to be more consistently, more frequently, and with every single traveler, you were able to be kind and compassionate and welcoming to some people. Now we just need to do it more often. And, P and, and, and the teams can relate to that and, and take pride in that and uh, feel excited about the vision that you have for the company. Yeah. I want to take back, go back to the story that you were sharing earlier because I'm not sure we got the end. We, 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 we sort of went on off on a few very interesting tangents. But so the story that I want to take you back to is you saw that you had one hotel that was at the top of TripAdvisor and others that were in the top, maybe 10% or whatever, but wasn't all the way at the top. And then you went to find out, well, what was the difference? So I would love you to share as much as you can so what did you find? What were the things that that one hotel was doing that made the difference that got them from, you know, the top 20 hotels in New York to the top one hotel in New York? Well, you know what? That hotel did have an advantage that it was a fresh built hotel as opposed to a, a hotel that was from an existing building. So they had a little bit of an advantage to start. So we didn't really look at it quite that way. What are they doing that everybody else isn't doing? But this hotel, one of the older hotels, had great reviews about the breakfast and the wine and cheese, while this other hotel was having great reviews about the check-in process or, um, or about the way the reservations were taken or about, you know, something else, something about the room itself. So we just took, said, okay, so this front desk is really sparkling sunshine on the guests. How can we get that to go to the rooftop bar in the other hotel? How can, how can we take the consistency of the display? And in fact, we really upgraded. We, we put one, the person who was in charge of the area that was doing great reviews for breakfast and wine and cheese was put in charge of all four hotels to make that a consistent thing. And we upgraded just with small upgrades. It was still a continental breakfast buffet, but we just, we just went a little further and we dug deep into the reviews because you asked, where do we begin to decide where we want to improve? Let the guests tell you, let the guests tell you and let 
the employees tell you. And much of the time, it's not really a product change as it was with the wine and cheese. What was more impactful than the upgrading of the display of of food and beverage was we took the manners and the gracious things that they were learning from each other at one hotel and we just shared them with the rest of the team and let them talk amongst themselves about their best practices and and little things that they do and say that make the guests having the wine feel really special, really important. You know what? Every single person wants to be feeling like a VIP. Even if you stay at a a roadside motel on a truck stop or, or whatever, even if you're just going to a coffee kiosk on Madison Avenue, you want... Can't get enough of winning digital customers? You can find even more content and video versions of the podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Visit wdc.ht slash YouTube to subscribe. That experience to be hot and delicious and friendly and clean and fresh and welcoming. Everybody deserves that. Even I can remember my first hotel experience was when we were a poor immigrant family in Queens and we went to a motel with a, with a pool because our apartment had to be fumigated. And my brother and I were jumping up and down for glee that we were going to go on our first vacation. So I know that everybody wants, wants to enjoy a beautiful experience, even if it's simple. No, I, I, I agree. I think that's, I think we were talking on your, your podcast recently about the same idea that, that you don't want to let yourself get caught up in the belief that only five-star hotels can get five-star reviews, right? Obviously, we have a sense of we rate the, the, the cost and, and opulence of a hotel on a star rating, but that's a different thing. Uh, but there's no reason why a Motel 6 can't get five stars from a guest because, of course, you know, while you don't have the money to spend on them since they're paying a, a, a tiny fraction, you also have a very different level of expectation, like, like you were describing when you, when you went to the motel when you were a child. So I agree. I think that every, in fact, could you see a point where, uh, you know, you see that uh, Holiday Inn or Motel 6 going above uh, a Ritz-Carlton in terms of the, or a library collection hotel in terms of TripAdvisor ratings? Well, the Library Hotel Collection did have higher guest satisfaction ratings than Ritz-Carlton or Four Seasons. And, uh, you know, it It was not uh, the most opulent hotels in the world by any means. But you know what? Take a Drury's uh, Hotel Group. They are three-star hotels, very often in secondary or tertiary kind of markets. And they get consistently across the board fantastic review scores. Anywhere they go, they frequently can be number one. You know what? There is a hotel in Pennsylvania. It's a Doubletree Hotel in Reading, Pennsylvania, who the general manager will say it was the, the second poorest and second highest crime rate in Pennsylvania. But he took it and he put to work this kind of philosophy of putting humans first and hiring Giving, giving people a chance, including them in the process and, and striving for having that relentless pursuit of excellence in being human and being gracious and being welcoming. And he really wanted to make a contribution to the city. 
they get now one of the highest rated hotels in the entire state is a double tree. Well, let me ask you a few other angles on this issue, which I think is interesting. You, you talked earlier about a really important point, which is that what's great about reviews is they don't just tell you like an NPS score, you know, how satisfied people are. They tell you what they're satisfied with and of course what they're dissatisfied with. I'm curious, one thing that I've seen other companies do when striving for better reviews of experiences, this is harder to do if you're selling a product on Amazon, but if you're talking about something like travel, is they looked to see where were the high points in the experience based on what was mentioned in the reviews. And then they tried to incorporate asking for reviews at those moments. So for example, if you're trying to, if you're a store and you're getting reviews and the checkout experience in the store is one of the least delightful experiences because you may have to wait and you know, you're paying, it's not exactly the part of the experience. Well, then why is that where you're asking for the review big, with a big thing at checkout that says, please give us a review versus say earlier in the process where you might be getting advice or something like that. So I'm curious if you've applied any principles like that of saying if the wine and the cheese reception is what people are responding to in the reviews, maybe that's the time to ask in addition to or instead of the when they get the receipt after they leave. Have you played around with that sort of thing? No, no. You know what? It's a little bit different because um, in travel for hotels, certainly, even though a lot of people will say, well, there are more reviews on Google. But I think that still TripAdvisor is the more powerful place when someone is looking for information, looking for lots of photos and everything uh, about the experience. I think they're more likely to go, I mean, a serious traveler is more likely to go, I think, to TripAdvisor. So, and they don't want, and actually they tell you, tell people, don't review on TripAdvisor while you're at the hotel. You know, do it when you, when you get home. And you, you know what? I'm not trying to trick the system. I really want an honest review. Everybody is always talking about service recovery. Service recovery meaning somebody is in front of me and upset about something, and my front desk person is empowered to handle that situation. And then tomorrow, handle the same thing again. And in the afternoon, handle the same thing again. And the next day, handle the same thing again. They're handling it. I don't need to know about it as the general manager. I don't need to know about it as the director of sales and marketing. I don't need to know about it as the only because my desk is handling it. You know what they're doing? They're also walking out the door. Because the things that are killing the joy of your customers are also killing the joy of your employees. And if you don't find out what the pain points are, the friction points, what, you know, there's actual suffering happening at the front desk, at various places, at the, in the restaurant, in the kitchen. There are places where pain and suffering is happening to your employees because they're dealing with the same problems again and again. And you need to go in there and help work with them to how to fix those problems, how to relieve that pain so that people feel great that they were part of a solution that made the made this pain point stop happening over and over. Well, you talked earlier briefly about a couple principles about how to ask for reviews. And I loved a couple of things you said earlier. I want to pick up on them and I want to see if there's anything you want to add. You were mentioning earlier how you say things like 
you know, uh, we would love your feedback if there's anything we could do better. And if you had a great experience, you know, we would love you to tell other people about it so that we can spread the word and that really helps us with our marketing. So you're being very transparent about why and, and you're letting someone know, it made me think of like uh, Robert Caldini's book, Influence, and this idea this, of reciprocity, you know, that when you've done something for somebody and they feel well taken care of, that they may actually like the idea of saying, oh, there's something I can do for you. Or it sounded like you're appealing both to people's desire for reciprocity and also their desire to kind of like help humanity, help their fellow man. I'm curious, like, I thought those were great points to think about because so often we'd be like, hey, leave us a review. But without the why, it's like, well, and then sometimes also we try to bribe people. You know, oh, yeah, if you leave a review, you could win a contest, you could get a gift card or, or whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about what strategies I see you shaking your head no, strategies you do recommend in terms of how you ask, and it sounds like there's some strategies you don't recommend, and I'd love you to just unpack that a little bit more. Yes, uh, I, I can tell you that this may not apply to every industry, but in the travel industry with TripAdvisor being so important, they are very much, um, they have very strong policies about that every hotelier must know and must share with their team. Because if you get caught manipulating the results in some way, you can really penalize your, your company and tarnish your reputation. And other than your employees, your reputation is your most important asset as a business. So I would never do anything to manipulate such as offer an incentive. By the way, offering an incentive tarnishes your results. Uh, so if you, want, if you want to know the truth so that you can actually learn something where most businesses uh, stop is at that moment with that one individual, but they really need to be going back and thinking about the future. So if you're manipulating your results, you're not learning anything that's going to help you solve the problem for the future. And I, yes, I feel that, you know, certainly in the hotel business, but I think really in any business, anytime you do something great for a customer, People want to share that story. People want to do something nice for you. They want to contribute to you. Oh, I found this very special little place. I'm great friends with the general manager there, you know. Oh, you know, they always treat me like I'm the most important person in the hotel. So at the least I could do for all they did for me is to give them a nice review and they'll go out of their way to do it. And I, I feel that's one of the things possibly that makes the TripAdvisor review a little stronger is that people have to go out of their way just a little bit to, to put that information on. It's almost too easy on Google. So let's talk for a minute about bad reviews. Um, of course, whenever we encourage people to leave reviews, as you mentioned earlier, they tend to be left most by the people at the edges of experience, either really happy or really unhappy. People in the middle tend to leave a lot fewer reviews. Based on what you've said already, I know that you feel there's a lot of value for the organization in getting the negative feedback because that is how you improve. And I couldn't agree more. And at the same time, one view would be we'd like the negative feedback, but if it weren't so public, that would be even better. You know, wouldn't it be great to have it? 
but not have it take down your average star rating, not have it be what your prospective traveler is seeing. So I'm curious, um, did you have a strategy for either trying to, other than a great and great experience, but there's always going to be somebody who something goes wrong and, and has potentially a negative experience. Did you have a strategy for either discouraging negative reviews or dealing with negative reviews when they occurred, things like that? Yes and yes. So one really important thing is to take um, your customer's temperature during the experience. And it's just something that should be built in to everybody's job. So a housekeeper might be in an elevator with a guest. Hi, how are you? How is your stay going? And if they hear that there's a problem, oh, let me have the front desk call you about that. Or let me have the, the, the manager call you about that. Or let me take care of that for you right away and, you know, bring to them whatever it is that they needed. Even I, in my executive office, I would go out to the club room where the cappuccinos were and everything. Every single time, I would look every single person in the eye that I would see with a smile and say, good morning. Do you have everything you need? And it isn't, and mo most of the time, people would just say, oh, yes, absolutely. Everything is lovely here. But having that contact, having that smile, having someone reach out to them in a small way makes them feel, even if they, they did have something, if there was something they needed, they would feel, oh, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but I was wondering, blah, blah, blah. Or the bed was just a little bit firm for me. Oh, are you going out for the day now? While you're out, I'll have somebody put a pillow top on your bed. Yes, you have to take the temperature and that should be as natural as saying good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. I can see how that definitely deflects potential negative reviews. So I think that's a fantastic point and tip. Absolutely. If the bad review actually does get posted, I know I see, for example, on TripAdvisor, I see some hoteliers, you know, engage in dialogue. They can re reply, respond. Sometimes I see responses like, well, this guest complained repeatedly. We tried to do this. We tried to do that. You know, they were never satisfied or in other, they're different. I noticed there are different ways. Some, some don't respond. Maybe, maybe thinking that better not to make a big issue out of it, not to make the thread even longer around the negative review. Some respond in a somewhat defensive way. Some respond in other ways. Download the first chapter of the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Winning Digital Customers, The Antidote to Irrelevance, today. Visit winningdigitalcustomers.com to get started. Any thoughts and advice on, you know, when, and, and I suppose there might even be some that try to contest negative reviews and try to get them pulled down if they say something that it's, you know, there are sometimes ways you can get reviews removed. I know if there's, they broke some sort of little rule or if they were a little too harsh, you can say, oh, what they said was untrue and actually get those reviews. And I don't know specifically on TripAdvisor, but any thoughts about that realm of, okay, now the negative review has been posted. What should you do and what should you not do? You know, if you have a really harsh review, if you can, try to figure out who it was. Oh, it was a person who stayed with two kids, who stayed for five nights, who was from France. And if you can try to figure out who it was and then ask in the hotel, you know, did anybody speak with them? Is there anything in the logbook? Did they ask for anything? Um, you know, what was your experience with them? How can we find out what happened? And by the way, while I'm saying that, 
so important. You have to treat your team as if everybody is 100% on uh, team 100% guest satisfaction. You can't be like you're looking to blame somebody because blame is so futile and it's completely useless and it's not it's not helpful in any way, shape, or form. You don't want to kill anybody's energy or make them have uh, fear uh, trying to do the right thing. So you just ask, well, what was that conversation like, and how would you uh, how would you say that was handled? And and when you when you get to the truth about it, and you're partnering with that person, you might say, well, it seems like you had your, the best intentions, but somehow they didn't feel it the way you were hopefully giving it. So maybe we can come up with some a better way of of suggesting things or maybe you'll find out they didn't have the tools they need they didn't have the training they need they didn't have the inspiration they need to have the right mindset they were defending the hotel for their policy instead of being the ambassador to happiness for the guest and saying you know what we have this policy it's in place because it protects the privacy of our guests but don't you worry because I'm here to help you and we're going to get over this little hurdle and you'll be well on your way to having a wonderful experience so you just change and then you you take that and you make that a permanent the way you do things from now on and you share it with everybody and you celebrate, okay, we made a mistake, but we learned something from it and now we can benefit from it. When I interview people who are great at having five-star reviews ever, all the time, the owner isn't afraid to pick up the phone. The general manager is not afraid to pick up the phone and say, hey, I am so mortified that this happened to you. I really apologize. I want to hear more because not only do I care about what happened to you, but I want to make sure I can get in there right away and fix it. And believe me, that is so disarming to an irate guest. They immediately feel respected, appreciated, and heard. Sometimes they'll say, that person was so responsible. Maybe they, maybe I just didn't give them a chance. Maybe it was a new person that started. I don't want to hold that against them. I'm just going to take that review down. I would never ask anybody to take a review down. But people who are disarmed by how open-hearted you are and how willing to learn you are, a lot of the times that's what happens. They, they're just happy to either change the review or take it down or whatever. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. So don't seem like you're going for a quid pro quo there, but just genuinely want to solve their problem. And maybe they're more likely to take it down than if you try to ask them to do it. Don't ask them. It's, it's, it would be considered manipulating. You don't want anything to hurt your reputation. If people, if people see you as somebody who bribes people to, to take down a review, then what, what is that online reputation really worth? If I think of the continuum of practices I see out there, you're clearly, it seems to me, very on one end. You're, you're staying squeaky clean because <laughs> I think there are some obviously, you know, uh, manipulative practices. And then there's these things in the middle that probably other people would rationalize and say, well, I wasn't really manipulating. I was just trying to, you know, those types of things. But it sounds like your advice is stay out of the gray, stay on the straight and narrow of just providing a great experience and you'll karma and just the, the result of that will be positive. It's that relentless commitment to guest happiness 
and to integrity and to excellence. And that's, that's how you win. That's great. I, I, I so agree with almost everything you said. You said one thing in our half hour together here that I, I kind of go, yeah, I don't agree with that. Okay. <laughs> and that one thing was where I forget what you called it, rainbows and sunshine or something. And you said it was free. I know from my experience, and I know what you mean, right, which is that it doesn't necessarily cost you any additional money out of pocket for your employee to be nice to your guests, et cetera. At the same time, I know that that is often the result of training and treating your employees well and paying them well and, and all of these things. And that when you're in a, a boardroom or talking to C-suites about the money that you need to improve customer experience, whether that's employee training or increasing staffing levels or having those pillow top mattresses that, you know, everything costs money, right? So, uh, you know, one of the questions is always, well, how do we get this money back? Uh, any, anytime you go to a CFO and say, I want to spend a dollar, he wants to know, well, how am I getting my dollar back? Is that going to be in more revenue? Is that going to be in cost savings? So, you know, this, I'm going to ask you a question that's probably an impossible question, but I'm curious if you've ever tried to guesstimate this stuff. Because if I said, hey, you know, if we do X, Y, Z to improve our customer experience, that's going to benefit us in a number of ways. Hopefully, it'll give us more repeat business, for example. One of the line items that one could argue you get as a result of investing in better customer experience is more great reviews. And naturally, the next question from a, from a CFO with his visor, you know, is, okay, what are those worth? Or put another way, how much, you know, how much can I take out of the advertising budget? Because we've put it into customer experience and we're going to get sort of free advertising, if you will, in the form of more organic reviews. I'm wondering if you have any kind of economic model where you could say, well, for your hotels, one five-star review was worth 50 bucks, 100 bucks, $500 or something. So if someone was trying to make one of those decisions like you have to make in business and say, well, should I put more money into the better customer experience or should I buy more you know, Google SEM ads or should I advertise on TripAdvisor or what have you? Any advice about how to quantify the value to drive those kinds of decisions and to justify those kinds of investments? In reality, our modest little hotel in Times Square with 45 rooms could oftentimes charge $100, $150, $200 more than a similar hotel on the same block. Our rooms would be full and they would be losing money and having turnover, uh, new owners, new GMs, new G directors of sales, etc., because it wasn't working out. We would see this consistently at any of our locations when we could just have the wherewithal to charge more because the experience had a higher perceived value. Number two, we didn't in New York City, we did not even need to advertise at all. No advertising budget was necessary beyond having a website and a booking engine and, and you know, be sending an email blast, like very small things, but not advertising per se. Another thing is your turnover of your employees is so much lower. The turnover, um, or some people would call it churn, of your guests is so much lower because People spend a fortune acquiring a new customer. It is so expensive to acquire a new customer in the hotel business. And then to have them ambivalent about coming back, yeah, you know, I could definitely stay there again. But you're in a place like New York with a 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other choices. People have to have a reason to come back to the same hotel rather than trying something new. The uh, keeping your guests, that is so much cheaper to have the same guests come back to you again and again and bring their friends with them and bring the online world with them. Well, Adele, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for all these insights. Really interesting stuff. Congratulations on all the success that you've had in driving all the fantastic guest satisfaction and five-star reviews. If people are looking to learn more about you or find out about your fantastic podcast, where would you send them? Uh, what, uh, what do you want to plug? Come to AdeleGutman.com and you'll see my, uh, my podcast. I just switched from uh, the Hospitality Reputation Marketing, it's a very technical uh, name, to get great guest reviews. And I will soon be having uh, a book and, uh, and a course that you can take. But in the meantime, uh, the conversations with wonderful general managers and director of sales and marketing and, and people like yourself give so much guidance on how to get the kind of reviews that you dream of. Well, I definitely suggest everyone check out Adele's stuff and we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, if you're just listening, Adele is A-D-E-L-E-G-U-T-M-A-N. So you can make sure you find her because I could imagine myself misspelling Adele. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us, Adele. And thanks to all of you, as always, for watching and listening to Winning Digital Customers podcast. Uh, look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, keep transforming. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Winning Digital Customers, the podcast. Find more great episodes at wdcpodcast.captivate.fm on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you listen. And visit winningdigitalcustomers.com to learn more about the Wall Street Journal bestselling book that inspired the podcast.